It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by John Brazier, and we have an exciting guest in our studio. John, how about this? It's somebody, what I love about baseball, there's always somebody that uh, will do something that nobody will ever, ever do. Mm. And this guy that we're about to interview, former Philly, did something that will probably in eternity never be broken. No hitter, two home runs in the same game. Rick Wise. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Nice to be here. Yeah, and so it was 50 years ago, Rick, and uh, we're celebrating it today, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh how does it make you feel to come back to Philadelphia and, and relive basically uh, 50 years it was ago? Only, it was only 50 years <laughs> only ago? Only 50 years. Oh, my. <laughs> time flies. It's wonderful to be back, and I brought my family back. And uh, uh, It's hard to believe that that much time has passed, but it's it's clear in my mind still. A lot, Most of the things that happened that day, uh, I remember them like it was two weeks ago. There's a well-hit ball deep left field. Foster due to hit next. Here's the 3 2 pitch. Swing a line drive. He did it. Bukovic made the grab. Wise has done it. A no hit, no run game. Throws with a line drive to Bukovic. It's all over. Rick Wise has just pitched a no hitter. And look at his Philly teammates mob him. Wise has done it. Remember it, yeah, and I know uh, John and I grew up Phillies fans, and uh, that that clip really is uh, part of Phillies lore, you know. And and in the highlights, we see it all the time when Rose is up. I didn't realize you, you it was a three-two count, yeah. uh, Pete Rose, and when he hit that ball down the to Vuk. third base side to John Vukovic, as soon as he hit it, were you confident Vuk was in the right position to make the play? Yeah, it, w- it wasn't. I threw him a low away fastball, and he just put the bat on it. Yeah. He didn't. It wasn't a scorcher, right? But it was right at John. I knew it was going right at him. It wasn't wasn't any doubt. I I turned and saw it right immediately. Yeah. But let's go back to earlier that day because you know here is you know again something that you, no one's ever going to do this again. Maybe maybe Otani because they're going probably DH mm. next year, right? Yeah. So Otani would be the only shot, right? Because he's a guy that can throw a no hitter and but will I mean, probably bat for himself. Yeah, will probably bat for himself, yeah. but that's the only shot. So you got one guy that has a chance. But let's go back to that day because if I remember correctly, you were sick, right? You had the flu or you had a bad cold going into that game. You didn't even know if you were going to pitch. That's correct. Uh, I was coming off the effects of, of the flu. I think I only threw uh, my la- the, the last start, I think, against the Mets, I believe. I only threw 
I got knocked out in like uh, four innings or something like that. I didn't feel well, and, and it lingered. It was lingering still five days later. So, um, I, well, I knew I was going to start, but it was a matter of how long I was going to last and, you know, how much I had in me to uh, to pitch deep into the game as a starter should. And did you feel okay in warm-ups? Like, how did you feel that day? Well, let me tell you, I thought the ball was warming up. I thought the ball was stopping halfway to the catch. <laughs> I, wow. no, I had no, you didn't no think you had fun to, at all. How about that? Can you explain uh, then, you know, the day that you had? Uh, yeah, because, um, I mean, it was hot mm. in June there and AstroTurf and a cookie-cutter stadium, you know, where the field level's 25 feet below, you know, street level and – it just the heat just stays down there, and, and it sweated out ah. the remnants of that flu through after three innings, and and the, and the and the Reds they helped me because they were offering at all my early pitches they were putting the ball in play for whatever reason I mean they were they were no hit two weeks uh, before my no hitter by uh, Kenny Holtzman, hmm. so I don't know if a lot of people realize that but uh anyway back to my game i mean i they, they were offering and, and the, i was putting i was throwing strikes and they were hitting the ball and because uh, i wasn't striking anyone out i only had three during the entire game but were you feeling good though like during and then after like, after the yeah. third i mean i was spotting the ball right i think early they thought i was throwing harder than i was because they they had hit against me before and they knew that I, you know, it was, was a hard thrower, but I wasn't throwing quite that hard in the early innings. And I think they're out in front of a lot of the pitches, and and, and uh, just their timing was off just enough. Well, and we're yeah. talking about the Reds, all right? We're right. talking Tony Perez, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, right? Uh, Cesar Geronimo, right? Yeah. Um, were all those guys on that '71 team no. at, at that maybe, point? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm equating the mid '70s, but George, a lot of the yeah, I mean, George Foster, Foster, was on that team. right? McCray, yep. Mm-hmm. McCray, Al McCray, uh, yeah. Concepcion. Your last three hitters were, I think, Stewart, Klein, and then Rose. I didn't know too much about Stewart and Klein, but uh, uh, were they? One was a pinch hitter. I pinch believe. hitter. Okay. I struck him out. Yeah. Oh, he saw me later on. Stewart. He said the ball was inside. He said, <laughs> "I said you can't take a three-two pitch on a at a possible no hitter no. and have the umpire give you the call." And then with Klein <laughs> on your second on the second out, you had to cover sec, uh, first base, yes. and uh, it's I guess it's just automatic, right, Rick? But you, it, no butterflies like, "Oh my gosh, I got to get over to first base uh, no, on that play." That's, that's just ingrained. In yes. Pitches. Any yes. ball hit to the right side. Yep. Yep. You're breaking for the bag. Yep. And. Uh, beat him by a step so, yeah so something like that. so i'm always curious too like when you're when we've asked tommy green this uh many times yeah. but when you're in the midst of a no hitter when do you as a pitcher in your head realize you have a no hitter or i mean is it apparent throughout the game or do you is it hit you in the seventh inning that wow i haven't given up a hit well to answer the last part of your question first i always feel that a, that a, a pitcher has to go through seven innings before he thinks he has a shot at a no-hitter. The last six outs at a no-hitter are the toughest in the nine innings. I mean, they've gone through the, the lineup three times. Uh, you know, you 21 batters or maybe in my case it was 22 because I walked Concepcion. But, um, 
I ended up with only 27, facing 20, 27 now, it's 27. But um, the pitcher knows at four or five innings, I mean, you're sitting in the dugout and the scoreboard's <laughs> right there. Right. I mean, you know, right. you, no one's been on base. You haven't been working out of the stretch. Yeah, You're aware of what's going on. And as the game progresses, that old, you know, uh, voodoo type thing, you know, around the around the team. They're avoiding uh, you they're, at this point. They're just not mentioning anything. Right. It's, I mean, the game is still in progress. You still, guys are getting up and guys are coming in and getting ready to uh, for their at bats. And uh, but everyone knows. Well, we can't ignore the fact that you hit two home runs. Do you think? Uh, did that help you? You think maybe take your mind off the fact that hey, I'm I've got uh, a no no going here, or uh, I mean, the two home runs, you know, really kind of made that day extra special, I guess. Well, considering the way I felt all day yeah. leading up to sure. the game, <laughs> but that was actually the second time that year I hit two home runs in a game. Yeah, I think it tied a National League record. For a pitcher, yeah, but no, I was just trying to help the offense out. I mean, I was just when I get up there, I, I'm trying to uh, put the ball in play and get on base. Yeah, and did you pride yourself as a hitter? Uh, you yes, know? I did. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Absolutely, I did. I didn't want to be an automatic. And first of all, uh, pitchers back then they they had to be able to bunt. That's mm. the least they should be able to do. You work on it. And with our skipper, Gene Mock, if you couldn't bunt as a pitcher, he'd, he'd take you out. He'd put in a, a pinch bunter, so to speak, right. uh, to move a runner over and get in a scoring position. If it was a close game, if you're down by one run or game tied, seventh, sixth, seventh inning, uh, bunting the runner over, getting a, a tight game like that, it was important. You don't see it too much anymore. Yeah. But you guys also worked on your hitting as a pitcher, right? Didn't you have, like, competitions with the relievers we versus did. starters? We did, at home. Right. At home. Uh, we got some time in spring training to go down the cages, you know, and do a little swinging down there, but not a lot. Pitchers were getting getting their arms and bodies in shape in spring training. We didn't work year-round like they do now right. with million-dollar uh, gymnasiums <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> weight rooms and stuff right. like like uh, they have now, but uh, we got ourselves in really top-notch shape during spring training. And your second, uh, your second home run, I think it was like a three-one count. Two-zero. Oh, 2-0 count, right? Two-zero count. You looked at uh, George Mine. right? Who gave you? He turned his back, and that was his signal That's that right. you got the green light. That's right. And it was Clay Carroll. He was he was a fine reliever, mm. one of the top relievers in, uh, in the game at that time. Uh, I mean, what's he going to do, throw me a breaking ball or try to trick me? Yeah, you're waiting for it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could just as well pop it up or ground it. I mean, how many pitches are you going to hit 2-1-0? Yeah. Well. I did. John, Rick had 15 career home runs, and uh, you're on the list of, uh, you know, somewhere on the list. Wes Farrell. Back in uh, for the Indians and the Red Sox had 38 home runs. He's he's the, yeah. the pitcher who has the most. By the home way, runs. You, uh, 
Go ahead. He, he probably doesn't even have to take the quiz because we've already <laughs> oh, answered oh, oh, three. Oh. We've already answered, answered three, some, three of these questions. But listen, but. some of these players, Rick, uh, like on the list, so 38 home runs, West Farrell, but then Bob Lemon had 37. Warren Spahn had 35. Drysdale sixth on the list with 29. Gibson had 24 home runs. Walter Johnson, 24 home runs. Uh, modern, more modern as uh, Baumgartner, uh, 19 yep. home runs. Uh, Cy Young had 18 home runs. Jim Kitty Cott at 16 uh, home runs. And, and you're right there with 15. As you mentioned, you had uh, a two-home run game, I think, against San Francisco that year. Uh, you had six and 71. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Well, and uh, the 15 home runs all came in my first nine years. Mm. In the National, National League. National League, yeah. I, right. I, then I went six years in the American League. I didn't pick up a bat for six years, except 75 we got a little because we were playing Cincinnati in the yeah. World Series. So we got a little. You got some hacks in. I got to swing at the Green Monster, which I really missed playing in Boston. <laughs> yeah. But uh, nevertheless, all my homers came the first nine years, and then I didn't get another one the rest of my career. You know what's interesting, too, Tom, is that at that – when does somebody get a standing ovation at a visiting park, right? At Riverfront Stadium, he got a Rick got a standing ovation. Was that I guess after your second home run, correct? Yeah, as I, as I came out, well, I, I got some ovation there, I believe. <laughs> I didn't really hear it cuz it's right. I'm in a visiting stadium, <laughs> right. but uh you know, baseball people no matter what, uh if a pitcher c- coming out <laughs> the ninth inning uh Either home team or visiting team, the the fans are gonna they appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, as DH, I mean, do you are you I guess for it or against it? I would think that you're probably against it. You'd, you'd rather see the National League keep the rule the way it is and well, not go DH. From my perspective, I mean, I always felt I had an advantage mm. over my opponent because I only faced eight hitters, while he had to face nine. I was better hitter than. Most of my opponents, mm. pitchers, being pitchers, hitting. But uh, I'm not better than the DHs that are going to hit for me. I mean, they're, they're position players and they're, they're batters. They're, you know, they're going to be better than me. But I also have to face another hitter, yeah, too. Yeah, sure. But yeah. also, I can stay in the game longer if I'm behind because I'm not going to be taken out for a – pinch hitter or a bunner yeah so if i'm down a, a run or two in the american league i'm still in the game i can pitch ninth inning and hope the team comes comes up with a couple runs and yeah i can win and the team wins yeah all right well let's go back early part of your career because you actually your career started you went to the little league world series did you guys win the little league world series you you grew up in portland oregon right and you guys went to the Little League World Series, which is there's not a lot of Major League players that have mm. that have went to the Little League World Series and also played in the uh, Major League, obviously, World Series. One more thing, though. I pitched the second no-hitter no in the history of the Babe Ruth World Series. Oh, wow. Man, he's got it all, so, got it all so, covered. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anyone that's been Little yeah. League World Series, Babe Ruth Babe. World Series, Major League World Series. That's nice. a, Rick, I think your career is absolutely fascinating because – you know, just you make your debut uh, for the Phillies in 1964. In 64, of all, of all the, yeah, of all the what years, a year to right? Start. 64. <laughs> so you got, and then your first major league win was in the second game of a doubleheader, right, on June 21st. And what happened on that first game? 
Well, what do I do for an encore? <laughs> Follow a perfect game. Right. Jim Bunning's perfect yeah. game. James. His first win was a doublehead, second game, then doubleheader. So he, he had front row seats for the uh, Jim Bunning perfect game. James Paul Bunning. And uh, matter of fact, Johnny Klipstein and I combined for a three-hitter in the second game. And I believe it's still a National League record for fewest hits in a doubleheader. Doubleheader, yeah. Three. I think the American League is, is lower. I think there was no hitter involved in a one-hitter huh. or something like that in the American League. But for National League, I think the record still stands for a, for a doubleheader, three, huh. three hits. So were you – this is going to be a silly question, <laughs> but were you more nervous – Watching Jim Bunning's perfect game <laughs> than in your own no hitter. Well, I really didn't get. I mean, I was I was still in the clubhouse. Right. Yeah. I wasn't on the bench. Oh, out right. There. Right. Yeah, getting ready for the I, game. I, watching sure. on TV I in think, the clubhouse. And I remember, and when the game ended and they came pouring into the into the clubhouse and everything, there was it was pandemonium. <laughs> there were, and I remember. I need a ball. I got to warm up. Who, where's my coat? I need a ball to right. go warm up. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have a ball. You know, I got to get ready for that. I'm starting a game. It, that was as important to me yeah. as Bunning's perfect game was to him. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the second game. Yeah. Right. And um, I remember one funny thing. Uh, about the fourth inning, I believe I walked a guy. And there were 55,000 people in the stadium. It's Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all, the stadium, they all rose up and were cheering and yelling. And I said, <laughs> what is going on here? I know they were, they were Mets were, had some zany fans back then. I said, what's going on? I've, I've realized that. It was a first base runner. Exactly, all day. Like 13 right. innings. <laughs> and that was a derisive, like a Bronx Yeah, a Bronx cheer. Cheer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they finally got a runner. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, nevertheless, we won both games, and um, it was important. It was important, to the, and we were playing good ball. Mm. And early June, and, and uh, they had to consider themselves, you know, the Phillies, we got an extra win there from an 18-year-old. They didn't really expect. They got a spot start there. Yeah. And uh, got a win. Isn't that something, John? Only 18 years old, right, Rick, when you uh, made your yes. debut in 1964. Wow. It's another tri- He's four for four in the, in, the, <laughs> in the quiz that he's about to get at some point. And so when, <laughs> when things went south in that last uh, those last 12 days, um, you know, I guess, can you recall what you were feeling? I mean, being so young, you probably, could you even comprehend what was going on? Uh, well, I knew we were losing, yeah. but I, you know, um, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't right. say much. Yeah. I kept my eyes and ears open and my mouth shut uh, as an 18-year-old. I, I I saw things that just didn't happen mm-hmm. the other uh, 150 games, 152 games. I mean, there were there were bad hops. There was multiple home runs hit against us. Multiple home runs hit for us, and we still couldn't win games against the Braves. Uh, Cincinnati, we won the last two there, and uh, in Cincinnati, and the Cardinals had to bring in Gibson the last game of the year in relief mm-hmm. to beat the Mets. The Mets had beat the Cardinals the first two games. But I didn't start any games during then. I relieved, but I was capable of starting to give Bunning and Short 
at least an extra day's rest. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I didn't feel like it was being thrown to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, I felt every time I went out there, I was going to win. But m- more importantly, even if I didn't, I gave the two aces uh, another day's rest, valuable time to, to uh, and some other starters too. I don't know if Mahaffey was the same way, or if, I don't know if he was injured or didn't, you know, didn't feel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't, you know. I just saw sliding and couldn't stop. Yeah. So oh. 1971, you have a great year. Uh, you won 17 games, 2.88. Uh, ERA, Phillies were in last place. Uh, you went to your first All Star game that year. But John, it was also the uh, moving into the vet. What moving did you think vet, of the vet right. when you uh, <laughs> when you first saw that stadium for the first time? Well, it was different than uh, Connie Mack. I'll say that. But Connie Mack was beautiful in its own way. It was a beautiful field, and I loved it being four hundred and forty feet in center field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pitcher friendly, right? Oh, I mean that was way out there. <laughs> Uh, but the AstroTurf, I mean, what do you oh, think? Uh, Jeepers. Yeah. You know, and then when, when Dick or Richie Allen said, if, if a horse can't eat it, I don't like it. You know, <laughs> right. Speaking of AstroTurf, I mean, it, and it got cooking down yeah, there, man. Yeah. And a different game, I mean, the speed came into play. It was really prevalent and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was played deep and cut across because every ball was going to the wall. I saw shortstops jump up and just miss a ball, and it ends up, you know, up against the walls, you know, kicked around out there or whatever. Yeah. So it was a fast game, and uh, it was a lot different. It just, it was just a new game, right? Different and you, and game. A lot of those stadiums, you have obviously uh, St. Louis and Cincinnati Pittsburgh. and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Houston. I mean, you really that was the new modern ballpark, yeah, multi-purpose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Seattle was out too in the Kingdome mm-hmm. out there before they imploded that uh, <laughs> concrete mausoleum. But uh, I think Tug also had something funny. He said uh, his line was: uh, "Someone asked him whether he likes what do you like better, turf or grass." He said, "I don't know. I've never smoked turf." <laughs> 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 so yeah. I think he and Richie yeah. uh, Richie Allen had the great lines. What, were you surprised uh, then in, uh, when you were traded in 72? Were you surprised uh, that the Phillies traded you? I was. Yeah. Yeah, you I were. I was. I mean. <laughs> pitching well. Like John said, the All-Star game in 71. But, uh, mistake. I bought a home and made the All-Star team. Ah, is that, that right? That was my reward. I got <laughs> traded. Ah. Uh, you know, and uh, that was a that was a monster year for me. Mm. Uh Breakout, I, you know, I th- think I became the ace of the staff then, and uh, you, you felt that you, at least you were going to be around a little, little bit longer. Yeah. But there wasn't any uh, any real uh, – I mean, I got released. I got traded. That was in spring training. Mm. I went to spring training when, when mm. this happened and uh, <laughs> commuted from my – rental property, rental home in Clearwater Beach over to St. Pete because I got traded to the right. to the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's where so they I were. was driving sure. back and forth 20-some miles. I mean, yeah. So I just <laughs> drove, but I kept the same apartment. But the front office didn't contact me, and that's what hurt. Traveling mm. uh, mm. secretary showed okay. up at the door, hmm. knocked on the door, and here's your here's your fan mail. You've been traded. Hmm. That 
didn't go over well. With yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so. it was really unique situation because you know here you all star young young all star that made his first all won seventeen games ERA under three, and it was over in St Louis that I guess Steve Carlton had contract demands, mm-hmm. yes. and uh, the owner was not happy with Steve, and they knew they had to move him. So then it so when it, when would you have two superstars traded for each other? You know back then it was very rare. It was it took a really Extreme case, right? I mean, a very unique That's case. That's exactly what it was. Salary disputes. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Steve, Augie Bush said, I'm not giving you one, one red cent more. <laughs> and uh, John Quinn and I were at loggerheads, and um, um, I felt that, you know, I was making $25,000 after seven years in the big leagues, and uh, I felt it was time to make a move. I deserved it. Yeah, we had record attendance that year, and that's a that a lot of. I mean, that's what we based uh, our sours on back then, more than television, radio contracts, which they do now. Attendance. We had a record attendance that year. I believe with a million four, five, something like that. So anyway, uh, yes, that's what it came down to. It wasn't because that we both had bad records or whatever. We couldn't agree on our contracts. So, and as it turned out, we both got near or what we wanted with our new clubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. And it was one of those trades that really worked out for everybody. I mean, uh, certainly Carlton came here and uh, had the career he did. You you won 32 games in two seasons with St. Louis. Uh, And then when you went on to – Boston, you had yeah. a great season that 1975 season, uh, the the team that went to the uh, to the World Series. Well, yeah. Another thing about uh, here going back to St. Louis, yeah. I was a starting and winning pitcher in the All Star game. Yeah, but uh, there was that was a mistake being in the All Star and buying a home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, right. He got me <laughs> traded. I know. So uh, I mean, yeah. And the thing about '75 is that yeah. I was coming back from a from an injury. Hmm. They, th- uh, Boston, uh, <laughs> they're tough up there, uh, the crowd uh, and the writers. They thought Boston dealt for damaged goods because uh, I injured my arm because I didn't pitch 12 days out of spring training. Uh, Daryl Johnson bypassed me the third game of the year and came back with, but, with uh, Lee and Tion. They traded for an all-star pitcher. They needed pitching. I traded for Reggie Smith, fine ball player. And uh, so Daryl Johnson bypasses me the third game of the year because we, what happened, we opened up in Milwaukee, and I had the third game behind the incumbents. And we hope I pull, raised the uh, blind uh, Sunday Morning, and there was six inches of snow out there in Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) So there goes my start. Yeah, yeah. So we go to Boston, and the the storm followed us. And we waited and waited. And when it got nice, like 10 days, they started Lee and T on again on my start. Hmm. And I I went in and had a conversation with him. And uh, so finally I got my start. About a 37, 38-degree day, mm. uh, drizzling rain, cold. It was a backup game of the week, and so they had to play it. They wanted to get it in. Right. Sure enough, I mean, I 
pitched a complete game in this weather. Yeah. But I paid the price. Mm. But you also uh, get oh, the your shoulder. shoulder. Well, yeah, right. I tore the triceps, and I didn't realize until I faced the, mm. uh, the Yankees my next start. Through five innings, I shut them out, and the, the sixth, something's wrong here. Mm. I couldn't. I, I took myself out. I couldn't throw. Something was wrong on my arm, and it was a result of not 12 days leaving spring training mm. and then pitching in the 37, 38-degree weather. Complete game. And uh, like I said, I paid the price. How many starts did you miss, though? Because you, you must have uh, oh, recovered, I, and then, you know, like I said, oh, you I won. I tried again. I tried yeah. again. And unfortunately, too, during this time I was on the DL, my <laughs> my wife – Crushed my finger in the door when oh, I was wow. letting the dog oh, out. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so she crushed my little finger in the door. It didn't have any effect because my arm was yeah. was uh, in bad shape anyway. So that just it just added a little bit more pain to the... But you were the winning pitcher for the World Series game, of which everyone remembers. Well, the, the NLCS, uh, or ALCS ALCS, game. sorry, you're right, the ALCS. The Carlton Fisk Carlton game. Carlton Fisk was basically doing... <laughs> it was the Rick Wise game. Come on, it, it, game. it wasn't exactly. the Carlton Fisk game. No, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a footnote in that game. <laughs> I, but here again, I, I, was, I came in relief. Yeah. It, with yeah. all the relievers out there. Right. Yeah. But the thing of it is... I don't know if Daryl thought of this or not, but um, no matter how long, I, w I was ready to pitch a complete game in relief if the game went nine, 18 innings or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're ready and to I go. Was, uh, if I was throwing good, I could have kept going and going. Yeah. And so they wouldn't have to use any more. Uh, that's the one DH, you know, when you ha uh, have a DH, John, I mean, you, right. could, you can do that. Yeah, you put a reliever in in the ninth inning. If it goes 15, 20 innings, you know, if he's a long guy like Rick, yeah. you know, I just, I, just, I really find your career just fascinating because there's there's so many just missed. I mean, just missed perfect game, just <laughs> missed no hitters, right, of, along with the ones he already had. Yeah, 30, right? 30 shutouts, John. It's, I know, uh, you know. I'm saying. So, so the one I, I, I was saying to you, I guess it was George Scott, right? Hit with two outs in the ninth, broke up a no hitter, uh, mm. and that was the first game of a double header. But there's just a lot of those in your career, which is just—it's an amazing career. Well, really let, me, let me let let you in on something about Boomer. Boomer should have never come to the plate. I had struck out the hitter before, catcher I, uh, Sharp, I think his name uh, is, and. Uh, he did not offer at any pitch at, at the at-bat. I threw five, I threw six strikes. But the umpire, I, I kept hitting strikes, low strikes, good strikes. He didn't, an umpire, ball one, ball two, ball three. I mean, they were, they were strikes. <laughs> and this is a no-hitter on the line. <laughs> and then to give Boomer another shot. <laughs> Uh, don't give that he right. George is a dangerous hitter, man. He was a dangerous hitter, and uh, sure enough, he touched one off to center field, and, hmm. and uh, so I lost that one. I lost another one in St. Louis when Joe Morgan hit. I had one out in the ninth or two outs in the one out in the ninth, I believe. Morgan punched one up the middle, hmm. and I lost that no uh, no hmm. hitter there. So I. I you know, I came close two or three times, uh, matter of fact.
Awesome. You know, if gambling was if gambling was legal back then, <laughs> I think every time he he went to pitch, I'd probably yeah, yeah. put the odds on it. You know, no hitter. Right. And the prop bet is it going to be a no <laughs> a hitter or bet. not? Yeah, right. Yeah. How many home runs are you going to have? <laughs> I have to ask you too, Rick. Uh, you wore glasses, kind of with your trademark early on in the career. At some point, did you uh, did you get contact lenses? I or? did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did. And th- this was early in in contacts development, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And I tried them, and I tr- I tried them out in San Francisco, a candlestick. Bad place to try contact. The wind. The, the wind. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. dust, dust getting in. and yeah, everything. Sure. <laughs> and they fell out. Is that right? One time when we were all looking <laughs> on the mound, looking for my contact. And then another time, I fell asleep on one of the flights, on a charter flight with the oh. contacts in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I could hardly get it, open my eyes at the end of the flight, wake up, and <laughs> get them out and... They dry it out. They're not like today's contacts. No, you yeah. throw them away for right. after a month or whatever they do now. I just said, I'm back to my glasses. I've been wearing them since I was 17. Right. So. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a trademark. Yeah, as kids, you know, Rick Wiseby pitching. Right. It's like, ah, oh, Rick, you know, when you're. I remember at Colby, you know, with the glasses. Yeah, yeah for sure. Ryan sure. Duran. Ooh, the, Ryan Duran had some glasses on. The, the guy said they looked like. Bottoms of Coke bottles. <laughs> right. And he threw them close to 100 miles an hour. And every time he came in, his trademark was the first pitch he came in was up on the screen. Okay. So the hitters, are go- the visiting hitters are going, they, they're back off the plate as yeah. far as they can get. You know, yeah, sure. and this guy's not going to look in there and stuff. And <laughs> is this guy going to drill me or what? Not intentionally, but he can't see right. crying out loud. Right. So anyway, <laughs> and Bob Veal used to go like this to, to to take the fog off his glasses. He was a specimen, I mean, a huge man, 6'9 or 10 or whatever, and he could bring some heat, and he's out there with those glasses and his glove him. trying to get the fog off. And the guys are going, can he see? <laughs> can he actually see? And so there was a few of us that wore glasses. Did you have any of those issues, and that's why you switched to the contacts? That's why you tried out the I contacts? Tried, I just tried them. Yeah. I, just, I wanted to see how they were. Yeah. And, hmm. uh, didn't yeah. work yeah. Uh, at that time. Back I, never, I never tried again. Yeah. Now, we found out before we uh, started recording that you are a big music fan, and you mentioned George Thurgood came down to visit you guys one time, came in your clubhouse. That's right. right? During the senior league, yeah. He was in, he was going to do a gig after uh, the our game with the I was with the uh, the Super Sox, uh, which was the the Red Sox former players, and uh, we were in Winter Haven, Florida, which was our spring training place uh, for the Red Sox. So he was going to do a gig after the game, but he came into the into the clubhouse, his band, and was chatting. He loves baseball. Yep. He loves baseball. And we all love music. We wanted to talk music. He wanted to talk baseball. <laughs> so we didn't, we just, just whatever came out of our mouths were, you know, how'd you start? How'd you play? And uh, where are you going next? And he was asking, you know, James, you threw a no hitter. I know you did. And all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And he's talking to my wife. And uh, I mean, it, it was a it did, was a good time. Did you get a lot of that? Like you know, in this day and age, you have Eddie Vedder, who's a big uh, baseball fan. He'll come down and 
hang out, you know, uh, pregame during batting practice. And you've got a lot of cross between those musicians and athletes. So did you, when you were in your playing days for whatever team you were playing, did you guys have that? Did you, did you have guys come to, you know, noted, notable, you know, rock and roll singers or. Oh other yeah. In Boston, in? I was, I was good, very good friends with the Jay Giles band. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. They gave Peter me, Wolf. they gave me, I was, I was seven, eight feet from them in their those concerts. Those guys are great. In their concerts. Oh my He's God. got a good solo career oh, too. Yeah. Man. Peter Wolf. Peter, Wolf. Peter yeah. Wolf was, was fabulous. Seth Justman, I remember those guys, and uh, I gave them tickets to the Red Sox game, yeah. and they gave me tickets That's to their great. concerts. Yeah. We went to them, and I took Carlton Fisk and uh, a bunch of the players, or two or three or four of them, and we've had pictures of Jay Giles' band and, and uh, the Red Sox nice. uh, teammates. It, it was cool. That. Peter Wolf just played here, uh, Rick, uh, two years ago. They opened for uh, – he opened for The Who okay. in uh, oh, really? 2019. So he's still going oh, strong. He's not with the whole band. I think yeah. he's uh, – you know, it's, it's not the Jay Giles' band anymore. But uh, no. he's still jumping around on stage. Had so much energy, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was – he was – oh, the whole band was – they yeah. were great. Jay Giles was – Great guy. Nice. Great guy. They were all, they were, Peter Wolf, they were from Boston. They were yeah. Boston. Yep. Yeah. The, car, the cars are from Boston. A lot the of, cars. Lot of Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. The cars. Yeah. Good stuff, John. You ready to? Well, I think I think Rick is going to already answered all. Rick is going to do really well because I think we can all probably answer. I mean, you literally touch on almost everyone. Now the first couple, we'll see who he does in the first couple because then on he's going to be fine. All right, Rick. We have eight questions. We do a silly quiz, uh, and I usually mess it up somehow. Uh, so the bar that we usually say is what six out of eight, Tom. Yeah. And since uh, he's already answered five of them, <laughs> yes, he's doing pretty well. But I think, Tom, you have to give Rick uh, something fanatic-related if he gets uh, at least six, right? So uh, can, yeah, maybe a uh, maybe fanatic. Some, maybe some books for his – do you have grandkids, Rick? I do. Yeah. And so. great grandkids. Oh, well, there well, you go. We'll have to get you some Philly yeah. fanatic books for the grandkids. autographed Philly fanatic books Absolutely. for your grandkids. That's Wonderful. a good call, John. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> your first question is, um, it's multiple choice. Uh, you went to Madison High School in Portland, Oregon. Now it's, uh, I think it's Leotis V. McDaniel High School. Which of these celebrities did not go to that high school? So there's going to be three of these celebrities went to your high school, Madison High School. One did not. Okay. So you got to tell me which one did not. Okay. So A is Brian Cole, bass player and founding member of the 60s folk rock band, The Association. They played that song, Cherish, yeah, Cherish, Love Association. Love, right? And Never My Love, all that, whatever. Or I think I just combined the two songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Don't Brian, sing. Brian, Brian Cole. Uh, B is Match Game 76. Remember that game? Match Game uh, 76 celebrity, Soupy Sales. C is Kent Bottenfield, who's a former Major League Baseball pitcher, played for the Phillies in 2000. And D is Rob Dressler, another former Major League Baseball player, Play for the Giants, Cards, and Mariners. So is it Brian Cole, Soupy Sales, Kent Bottenfield, or Rob Dressler? Who did not go there? Who did not go? I say Soupy Sales. Soupy <laughs> Sales is correct. And you know what, Rick? I always put somebody from Match Game 76. I'm showing my age uh, in every one of these quizzes. So you, you pass that I'm one. I'm not right. even sure Soupy Sales was on Match Game, John. <laughs> I it? think you're, yeah, I don't really? think he yes, was. Yes, he had to have been on Match Game. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Okay. What was he on? Password or he something? Is now. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Rick. All right. Question number two. Your first minor league season was with the 1963 Bakersfield Bears. Was that correct? That's correct. Okay, so I'm going to give you uh, four players. Three of them were your teammates, and one was not a teammate. Okay. okay. Which one was not the teammate? Say A, John Briggs, 
B. Grant Jackson, C. Mike Demuzio, D. Fred Walters. C. C is correct. Mike Demuzio, who's yep. our longtime. Uh, what is Mike's uh, Mike was on the ground crew when you were pitching here. Yes, he was probably uh, on the ground crew when right? you were pitching yeah. Yeah, way back when. And now he, he, he runs. He would have been a young ground crew member. Uh, uh, no, Matt? he was very young. Connie no, Matt? no, I'm sorry. Uh, when he came to the vet. Yeah, when you came to yeah. the vet. He's still yeah. here as well. All he had to do is the ground crew was the cutouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because no, vacuum cleaner. You didn't have to. You didn't have, well, someone ran them, Zamboni. Zamboni, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suck well, up the water. Well, Rick, put it this way. I, you know, sometime back then at the vet, Tom and I both worked there. You know, sometimes you'd have to, in the middle of the day, you'd have to go get someone from the ground crew to do something, set up a, the field. And uh, yeah, the question was whether they're watching F Troop or McHale's Navy. <laughs> or Hogan's Heroes. Or Hogan's Heroes, right. One of those three. All right, you're two for two. Two for two. I'm going to catch a little heat from the ground. Yeah, yeah. That one. All right, yeah. number three. Three, uh, this is, three pitchers have thrown a no-hitter and a home run in the same game. Okay, three pitchers have thrown a no-hitter but only one home run in the same game. Which, which one is not one of these pitchers? Jim Lonborg, Wes Farrell, Jim Tobin, Earl Wilson. Lomborg. Lomborg is correct. See, I knew this. Was Tobin hit no, three uh, home runs in one game. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Tobin. He hit three oh, home runs in one game. I know Earl. He was a good hitter, man. Yeah. Powerful, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, you're three for three. Number four, <laughs> three pitchers have slugged two home runs on same day as throwing a complete game shutout. Not a no-hitter, mm. but three pitchers have slugged two home runs on the same day as throwing a complete game shutout. Which one is not one of these pitchers? Sonny Siebert, Milt Pappas, Pedro Ramos, Jack Billingsley. What was uh, the last one? Not Jack Billingham. Jack oh, Billingham. what did I say? Billingsley? I, yeah. I combined Billingham. I knew. See, I always mess up one thing. He always says. He, he messes up the I, quiz I was, every I was, time. I was, I was, I was trying to, yes. tried to right, trick you, me. You got that tried, one right. You tried got, to trick you me. You got that one right. All right, <laughs> you're here's a, you're four for four. This is a no-brainer. How old were you when you made your debut for the Philadelphia Phillies? Do I even yeah. have to give the – We already answered that. We already that. answered number 18, 18, 18 years, years old. old. Five for five. Number six, who did you issue a walk – uh, and you answer this one on June twenty third, nineteen seventy one, to spoil the perfect game. Davy Concepcion. Davy Concepcion, you're on a guy. roll. Uh, we answer this one. How many home runs did you have in your major league career? <laughs> Fifteen. So, Fifteen. Fifteen. See, that, all you have to do. This is the last one. Uh, on June thirtieth, nineteen seventy six, you were perfect against, against the Orioles until this player singled to start the sixth, which ended up being the only hit allowed in the game. Who is that player? Do Probably I, Bumbry. Now I'll give you the I'll give you the no, wait. Uh, go ahead. I'll give you the, the multiple choice. Bobby Gritch, Lee May, Brooks Robinson, Paul Blair. Blair. Paul Blair, Blair. eight for eight. Eight for eight. He really? joins what two Ooh. or three people to go right? To go, yeah. to go who else? Uh, Ruben Amaro, I think, went eight for eight. But we're talking to a guy who had a no hitter and two home runs in a game. Of course he's gonna go eight for eight, right? He doesn't do mediocrity. Larry, we had Larry uh, Boa on. Of course, we both known Bo for a long time, and uh, you played with him. And uh, he'll be catching your first ball today. That's you what I heard. You still uh, keep in touch with Larry, Rick? No. Oh, you know, I huh? haven't. I haven't seen or talked to oh, Larry yeah. in a long. Oh. He's my age too. I think I'm just a couple months older than him. Yeah. He's born the same year. Yeah. Forty-five. And uh, no, I, I'm, I'm considering. That, Telling Larry to maybe wear a mask up there tonight. I, I'm, I, might be the bouncing, I might be bouncing one. And don't tell him where the ball's going to go. I haven't thrown a pitch, a ball in 15 years since I was coaching. I was a, 
a okay. co- pitching coach in Lancaster. Okay. Yeah, with Von Hayes, uh, right? Uh, yes, and also with uh, before that was Tommy uh, Her. Oh, sure. When we yeah. won the, we won our pen, first pennant in 2006 there. Yeah. The Barnstormers. Barnstormers, yeah, right. Yeah, how about I it? Love Lancaster. And Tommy's from that area, right? Yeah, Tommy. he lives there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's from there, right. Awesome. Well, you're going to do great on the field, Rick. Just uh, you know, war- you know, ice up a little bit maybe or warm up uh, beforehand. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll ice afterwards. <laughs> afterwards. <Right. laughs> don't get distracted by the Fanatic. No, no. I'll, I'll, the Fanatic will be good to you today. Uh, it was really great having you here, Rick. Uh, nice being here. Yeah, him. really appreciate you joining the podcast. This really a thrill fun. for us. This was fun. Thank yep. you. Well, enjoy the day today. It's yeah. your day. So. Oh, I will. And, All right. Uh, I'm very proud and privileged to be here great great well thanks again rick we really appreciate it hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team